This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Connor versus Cowboy is on the horizon. The return of Rose Namajunas. Who would you like to see Jorge Masvidal fight next? We'll discuss who we'd like to see him fight next. Israel Adesonia versus Yoel Romero. Looks like it's going to be set up for March. And much more as Joe and I. We've got a lot of catching up to do. It's been some time since we've uh, been in a room together to talk combat sports. Thanks to those listening on TSN Radio in Toronto and Ottawa or the podcast. Tell your friends, review the show, subscribe, and we appreciate any listener feedback you may have. So please feel free to reach out to either of us on Twitter and uh, we'll do our best to get back to you in a timely fashion. I will be more timely than Joe, I can guarantee that. Yeah, you are. You're very fast. <laughs> Even with text messaging, I know if you don't reply to me within like five minutes, call the cops. Call the police. Aaron's <laughs> missing. I didn't get a reply. Any time of the night. I've, I've even messaged you probably even 10, 11, and boom. I mean, PM, and you're right on it. Yeah, so. sometimes I'm sleeping, though, at that time, I will yeah, say. For somehow, you'll you'll, re- you'll reply, so yeah. don't worry. You got to. I think, honestly, it's one of the, the you're the fastest with replying that I know. And I kind of pride myself on that. I would hope so, My yeah, wife yes. is always like, why do you have, you know, why put down the phone? And I was like, yeah, well, I'm talking to Zan. They're waiting for my response. Yeah. But they aren't. Yeah. Like, you could wait I 30 waited. minutes for me to respond to you. Yeah. But it's, you know, I'm. I like to Hopefully be... not when it's Aaron, I'm here. But and the then thing you is, don't... Like, <laughs> you don't reply in a timely fashion sometimes, yeah, and it bad. doesn't bother me. So yeah. I don't know why I think others are going to be bothered. As long as you don't take it personally. Of course not. But what I mean is, like, why should I think that other people are going to be offended if I don't get back to them right away when I'm not offended if people don't get back to yeah. me right away? Yeah. So my I mentality so. is backwards. But it's like happy birthdays. I know people who, if you don't wish them happy birthday, they, they, they blacklist you forever. Where it's like, I get you're busy. Dude, if you yesterday don't say was my it, birthday. The hey, most annoying thing go. on the planet is all these Facebook pop-ups. Yeah. I, 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 don't, well, I, I should take it off of Facebook. I just I don't love want how the... you casually threw it out there. Happy birthday. Well, thank right? you. Congrats, man. That's huge. Well, you know, I, uh, later on in the show, you'll hear an interview with O'Day Osborne. And I was talking to him. And, he, and I, know, I was reading an article that was, was published on MMA Junkie yesterday by my colleague Nolan King. And it said, Osborne, 27, blah, blah, blah. And then I had his topology page up, and it said Oz, that he was 28. And I go, oh, well, one of them is wrong, because yeah. the article was published yesterday. And he was like, yeah, today's actually my birthday. And I was like, oh, so they actually were both right. Topology. I just didn't look at the birth date on topology. Didn't just change it. And, yeah. <laughs> birthdays, I'm, I'm shy with birthdays. I don't love them. I don't want to. I like it with, I mean, certain people, my family. But I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to, when I was working at the school, I don't want people to stop me and wish me happy birthdays. Mm-hmm. And I get shy. I don't want you to sing it to me. I don't want to be in front of a cake and everyone taking pictures. I get shy for a weird reason. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, it's because it feels like it's undue attention, right? Like, it's yeah. just a day, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I don't love it. I mean, I just, I've always been like that. I used to take the day off of work because I couldn't really um, stand all the birthday wishes and that kind of thing. So I would literally take the day off on my birthday. Yeah, I should have just said, like, send me a screen grab of a $5 donation to the wildfires in Australia if you want to give me a birthday gift. Yeah, there $5, you go. whatever. It's the price of a coffee. I like that. And just post that on my wall instead of a happy birthday. Go. That would make me feel a lot better than you writing happy birthday. But you know what? I, I also thought about it the last birthday was if no one messages you, then you would be upset. Funny so that's you the, the that. opposite. I didn't, get a, I didn't get a Facebook wall post. Usually I get them like starting at midnight. I didn't yeah. get one until 8 a.m. And I was like, maybe I just didn't have my Did birthday. Did I not put my birthday? Yeah. It makes you question. Yeah. yeah. I like it too because sometimes in Europe you'll get them early. So yeah, that's sometimes what I mean. you get the early ones. Yeah. yeah. My cousins in Israel are usually like at whatever, yeah. 3 a.m. And you didn't get happy one. Happy birthday. Yeah. Facebook posts are dead. Well, I also am like, I'm a a very meticulous Facebook curator. And what I mean by that is like in my personal account, I like, I delete like 80 people a year. Really? Like I want to keep it as insular as as possible. Yeah. I don't want to like, I don't care about what people have to say if I don't see them very, you know, if I I don't see somebody, I think I only have like a couple hundred friends on Facebook. It might even be less than 200 or something because I'm always constantly whittling it down to so just that, who so you that, want to see, yeah, stuff. so that yeah. I don't uh, get you know have to see things that I'm not interested in. And I think Facebook's the perfect platform to do that now, because I mean I think Instagram is just getting too busy. Too many people are on it, checking it all day. I'm never f- on Instagram. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> we know. But uh, uh, for me, like I don't check Facebook at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't look at it. I don't if you. I don't know if you send a friend request. I don't know if you messaged on my wall. Me and Facebook are dead. Yeah. We're done. Well, I uh, just responded to some people the other day on my, like, professional Facebook account. Like, I was getting some Facebook messages, 
And someone was like, hey, thanks for being on my show. It was from, like, November. And I was like, hey, sorry about the late response. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. January now. Yeah. But, you know, I appreciate it. Go. Well, happy birthday. That's big. Oh, I thanks. like how you just casually threw it in there. That, I didn't nuts. even know. And for you to just th- me to use that <laughs> reference and example was perfect. Yeah, it worked, worked well together. We don't, we don't workshop this stuff before no. the show, folks. We don't have rehearsals. <laughs> are you shy about your age? Or is one of those things you don't like to say? Are you no, proud of what care. you've done? I'm, I'm 38 years old. Okay. But it is weird that I'm now older than, like, every UFC champion. Like, I can tell that my... Any sort of athletic prime that is I could have, that I could have had is yeah. gone. That's what's weird to me. Like I, I find I do that a lot, um, especially with kickboxing. I mean, because I'm there, I'm just like, oh, let's 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 go through the tail of the tape, and I'm looking like, man, am I older than everybody on the roster now? Like, there's not many. I think Bader's my age. Bader mm-hmm. Hari is my age. Yeah, I think maybe a year older. Uh, but Rico's, I think, only 30 years old. Benjamin Attic, boy, these guys look like they're 20 years older than me, but they're all, like, early 30s. So, yeah, I'd be one of the old dogs now. And so O'Day Osborne, who I was talking to, he goes, you know, people think that at my age, at 28, I'm like, I'm just way ahead of where I should be in terms of how much thought I give stuff and all that. And I go, well, you'll know that when you turn 38... You'll end up in rooms and you won't know why you're there. Like, this happens to me all the time. Does, just, that, does why that happen am to you? Yeah, like, I know that I've gone to do something, and then when I get to it, I don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. You had multiple concussions. You I had haven't had any concussions. CTE it's just it. age. It's just kids' lack of sleep yeah. and age. I, me walking into a fridge. What did I want did that from happen the to fridge? You? So, oh, yeah, it happens. Yeah, okay. I just think my I'm a scatterbrain. Like, it's very hard for me. Like, when I'm watching a movie, I'm thinking of ten different things. Same with me. I can't sit and watch movies these days, which I do recommend. Uh, I think it's called Uncut Gems. Yeah, I, I heard it's really Sandler. good. Adam mm-hmm. Sandler. Highly recommend well, it's it. It's going to be on very Netflix, good. apparently, at the end of the month. So okay. I'll check that out. Very good. Highly recommend it. But, after, uh, right after you said you don't watch movies, you can't But I have to watch it in three parts, okay? Oh, like, really? I have to okay. watch it, take a little break. See, I can't do that. I need to watch back, it all at once, but break. my mind is still all over the place. Yeah. That's why I love shows and series, because I can watch 35. You know, to 45, an hour. I'm like, okay, I wish it was a little less than an hour, but uh, that's why I love series. So. I like how my intro was like, Joe and I have a lot to catch up on. We haven't talked to MMA. Yeah, but I haven't and, talked and, to you personally. And we haven't talked to MMA. Yeah, we just haven't spoken to each other either. So now that we've got that out of the way, yeah, why don't we talk we a little MMA? We got Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. Now, if you'll recall, when Conor fought Mayweather, there was a show that was made called. How Connor can win, or something along those lines. Okay. That was basically an explanation of how Connor could beat Mayweather in boxing. Now, obviously, we know what the outcome of that was, but I feel like the same thing is needed for Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. So I, I want to play devil's advocate when I talk to you here and explain why I think that Cowboy Cerrone not only can win this fight, but actually has a solid shot of winning this fight. So. Mm-hmm. You, you, I imagine, believe Connor's going to win this fight? Yeah, I was going to say, before you get on your rant, my prediction is Connor within the first two rounds. Okay. I mean, I feel with the experience, Cowboy can go into the second round, but I feel within two, um, it gets finished by Connor. I Again, if you're looking at papers, X's and O's, you could give a slight advantage. This is my advantage going to Cowboy as it goes into rounds four and five. Okay. But That's you, you my mentioned X's point. and O's. Let's go skill set for skill set. I'm going to start with you. I'm, okay. We're going to talk about this. So, punching power, it's, I think, fairly obviously Connor. I think that Connor. I would say maybe. Depends how you you classify punching power. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's my technical side. Because you can hit hard or you can hit with timing, speed, and accuracy, which could equal hitting fast with good timing could be better than hitting hard. Okay. Fair. Okay. So let's just go skill set for skill set. Let's say punching. Punching ability. Connor. Kicking. I would say um, very similar, but different styles of kicking. I think Connor has a more wide range of kicks, where Cowboy's more of a simple round kicker to set up his knees, maybe. But I would say, in my mind, slight advantage still going to Connor. Okay, I, I would say that it's Cowboy, but yeah. I think it's. But I said it could be close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Slight edge. Grappling. Yeah, uh, grappling. At that point, you got to go to Cowboy. Overall ground game, submission game, Cowboy. And then you look at size. Who's going to have more size? Yeah, cowboy. So all of these different tangible measurements, mm-hmm. measurables, are going towards cowboy. So we've got a three-to-one favorite in Conor McGregor here. Um, and the reason why I bring this up is we've also – let's talk about finishes. Who has more finishes at 170 pounds? I mean, obviously one has a lot more experience, but – McGregor has zero finishes at 170 pounds. And how many times has he fought? Twice. At how many Twice times has Cowboy fought? Uh, probably at least 10. Yeah. You'd have to imagine. 
But 170 pounds, I think, is a massive thing that's being overlooked in this fight. Yeah. Like, people are picturing Connor knocking Cowboy out. But at 170 pounds, who are the people that have knocked Cowboy out at 170 pounds? So let's let's go and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into the internet machine here. I know the one that stands out to me. The last one was Darren Till. Exactly, that's the one that's that stands the last out to me. One also, that stands out to me, pounds. and that's how I also feel Connor is going to beat Cowboy. It's with a nice straight. Okay, fair while enough. While he's kicking, but. Keep in mind, Darren Till was probably like 215 pounds that fight. Yeah, like, Darren Till boy. was a monster in that but fight. But wouldn't you say, though, like when you look at the overall, um, you know, cowboy Cerrone, he's always been that fighter that's jumped between lightweight and welterweight. So he's kind of that person that sits in between. So I don't think Connor necessarily or people look at him as a true welterweight because of his experience in lightweight. Yeah, fair enough. But let's, let's look at welterweight. Here are the people that did not, that failed to knock out Cowboy Cerrone at welterweight. Cowboy Oliveira, good power, good mm-hmm. finisher. Patrick Cote, not necessarily a great finisher. Uh, Rick Story, who Cowboy knocked out. Matt Brown, who Cowboy knocked out in the third That's round. Big, that guy yeah. is a big finisher. Masvidal knocked him out. Robbie Lawler, decision. Darren Till knocked him out, as we mentioned. And that's it. Leon Edwards, decision. So when you look at the at the actual resume at 170 pounds, the only people that have really stopped... Cerrone are two of like the guys that uh, you can't really say that Till has a ton of you know necessarily experienced finishing people, but he was way bigger than him. Yeah, we see what and Masvidal. Till's a, Till's a southpaw too. Yeah, absolutely. Like Connor, like Connor, which is that straight left. I'm telling you, within two rounds, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I know it, but I don't see it. I just think I know it's three to one based on those, but I think that one. Um, goes counts more than the other ones. Like if I'm that much better in striking, it's like me going against a guy who has better wrestling than me. Okay, mm-hmm. but it starts on the feet, and how are you going to get me there? You know, so you got to take into account takedown defense probably as another attribute. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say distance control being that one, which Connor is a master at distance control. Where a lot of guys where he's not going to sit in the pocket and exchange cowboy, with cowboy. Cowboy also has really good distance control and a high chin yeah he, he I, does have a high chin yeah so i don't know i i i i see it with his experience with his resume but i don't feel it my gut is telling me within two but i i get it i think a lot of people it would be a mistake to overlook cowboy yeah. and that's really what my whole point is is yeah. there's a narrative where it's this is mcgregor season it's starting yeah. he's gonna fight three times first he's gonna fight him and then he's gonna fight masvidal then he's gonna fight khabib it's like we we need to get past the first chapter in order to continue the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I agree with it. He's being overlooked by everybody. Yeah. I don't think that there are a lot of people that talk about the fact that Cowboy actually has a lot of advantages in this fight. Yeah. The fact that at 170 pounds, we haven't really seen Connor's power translate just mm-hmm. yet. We don't really and know what we're going to get. And wrestling with 170 pounds. Yep. Wrestling at 170 pounds. Cowboy will be the bigger the bigger man. Yeah. And Connor's not necessarily used to that. How many guys that has Connor fought that but have do you been think a lot how bigger much, than him? How much bigger do you actually think? Okay. Well, let's let's look at height. Because I mean, okay, height, but I mean size-wise, Cowboy probably if he's making 170, he's probably going to the ring at about 185 pounds, I would say. Yeah, probably around there. Probably going in at 185, where I bet you But Con- I'm, not, I'm not talking strictly Connor about... would probably go in at 180? Yeah, around there, so but maybe that five being pounds. said, when Connor weighed in and fought Nate Diaz the second time, he was like 168 pounds. Yeah, for the 170 limit. For the 170. Which, which I mean, that's Sometimes the weight cut goes better than expected. So let's let's talk about cardio also because I think that's another important thing. We we saw Connor's cardio at 170 pounds wasn't yeah. quite what it was at the that's lighter weight classes. That's where I feel four and five. The, if it goes to a decision, I think um, Cowboy might have that slight advantage if it mm-hmm. goes into five because I think four and five will be Connor. Okay, not but, Connor. Sorry, will be Cowboy. But, but too many C's. If Connor it does not have. You know the cardio to keep up with you know to keep up in the later rounds. Don't you think there's a good chance the cowboy finish. can take him down and finish him? Yeah, like I mean, good. cowboy is a finisher. Let's yeah. let's look at cowboy's wins and losses. How many of his wins and losses have come by finish? So he's got 36 win wins and 26 of those have been finishes. Yeah, so that's a high finishing rate. Yeah, I mean. We've seen Connor gas. We've seen him gas out in the wrestling and just lay there, and so it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. It's one of those cases where. Connor has the best way to win, but I think Cowboy has more ways to win. Yeah. And you can always choose, pick and choose what you think is the the better 
um, thing to go with. But here are the intangibles that I feel like people are not discussing. There's 170 pounds, which we just talked about, and, and how that could be important. But there's also, let's look at the last year. Now, I know that we saw Cerrone lose to Ferguson and Gaethje back-to-back, but Ferguson and Gaethje are two of the top three lightweights yeah, in the world. Like, yeah. Let's not get it twisted here. Um, but you also have to remember that in 2019, he also beat Alexander Hernandez, who I believe was undefeated to that point, or at least close, was an up-and-coming prospect. Cowboy was a big underdog in that fight. And then he beat Ali Akinta, who I believe yeah. was also an underdog against but just maybe looking at his record, favorite. The top guys he just can't finish near the end of his career, just can't beat. You know, yeah. like, I mean, Nancy Medeiros, not a top guy. Mike Perry, not a top guy. But what proof do we have that right now Connor is still a top guy? Like, if you look, if you looked at Just the last year. Just based on his last fight with uh, Habib. Other than that, we don't really have anything. Like, if I were to ask you who has learned more in the gym in the last year, Connor or, or Cowboy, I think you have to say Cowboy based on what hmm. we know. Maybe. Because Maybe. Cowboy hard. had four training camps. Connor, we've seen, has had, you know, his name's been in the news for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, he's been training mostly at Crumlin Boxing Gym, and he's going to have guys from Crumlin Boxing Gym coming with him to yeah. corner him in this fight. Let me make sense for the fight, but just think, you fight Habib. You're this great athlete. You lose by grappling, submissions. Good chance Connor, since that fight, has been wrestling, grappling all day, every day, because he knows eventually for his legacy, it might come back where he might have to go to Habib again. So I think he's been focusing mm-hmm. on that. He's been improving that, which I guarantee you there's probably been a bigger learning increase in Connor than you could probably say with Cowboys. It's Cowboy very as possible, well. but we don't know how much time he's actually spent in the gym. Like, yeah. I mean, we know that him and Kavanaugh were not on the same page for some time. He says that he's spoken to John Kavanaugh and admitted that he wasn't as prepared as he could have been for that Khabib fight, which, I mean, I don't know how you can do that against yeah. a guy like Khabib. But I, I just don't know what we're yeah. going to get here with, with Connor, with that much of a, of a layoff. And also, not having won a fight for over three years and tasted that victory yeah. and had that momentum, that is a factor. Do you agree? Yeah, 100% I agree. I mean, I agree with you, but now I give you $1,000 and you got to bet it. Who if are I'm you betting? betting? It, if, I, if I'm getting even odds on it and I have to pick one guy, I, I would pick Connor. Yeah. But if you're looking, if you're giving me the current odds, which is two to one, two, is two and a half to one okay. for, well, three to one, he's a three to one favorite. Two to one, who do you give, do you still pick? I don't know. Like that's where I would get caught. That's where I think the line should be. I think it should be Connor minus one seventy-five, minus one sixty. That's kind of where, yeah. in terms of skill for skill, if you took the names out of the equation, like let's say Connor McGregor was named Bob Thompson and Cowboy Cerrone was named, you know, Steve Mills, mm-hmm. and they were fighting, and you know what their skill sets are, and you have tape on them, and you don't have the cult of personality surrounding yep. whoever I just called, whatever I just said, Connor McGregor's new name was. What what are the odds, right? Like, yeah, it's think different. about it. Right? And I think the odds are going to shift too. And I actually think the odds are going to go more towards Connor's favor as it because See, he public has money. Yeah, exactly. Lines so are based I think on public money. if you want, if you want to bet Connor, it's probably best to do it now. Probably, it was probably best to do it when it opened. <laughs> yeah, and then now as the closer it gets to the fight, I think the betting odds. Um, Will fail. Like if you want to make money and you think Cowboy's going to win, you you wait a bit. Because just remember that Floyd was only a minus two fifty favorite over Conor in a boxing match it when it closed. Crazy. Like money comes in on people support yeah. Conor McGregor at the and window. It changes those lines near the last couple of days. Yeah. So yeah. that's Curious. that's the whole case I wanted to make with you yeah. is why Cowboy has a lot more going for him than meets the eye. And I also you got to understand, and everyone needs to understand. We're looking. He has, you know, total fights is how many? He's got thirty six wins. Matches. 50 matches. Yeah. So he's got 50 fights. That's someone who knows the game, knows the ability to adapt. He's seen so many guys. So I think for Cowboy, it's about the smart game plan. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone knows he's a slow starter, so I'm sure he's going to play. If he's going to start slow, he's going to move. He's going to stay longer. He's not just going to jump in like Jose Aldo did and get caught. He's going to play smart. He's going to stay strategic. He's going to try to probably use a lot of clinching, use a lot of wall fighting, keep him against, fatigue him, take it to the later round. So he has the experience and the ability to implement game plans, which does give him a good shot, which I think is his biggest attribute if you're going to give it to him. 
And don't you think that he's aware of that left hand? Like people say, sure. people say he's gonna, oh, he's gonna get, he's gonna hit but, him with the left and knock him out. Yes, but I am also that hit, person. He also hasn't been, he hasn't been hit with hand. it. And you haven't yeah. done it. You haven't felt it. Like my biggest pride in my career was, yeah, I'm gonna low kick you. Try to block it. You ain't mm-hmm. gonna block it. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. You know I'm gonna low kick you, but you're not gonna block yeah. it. And in terms of striking precision, you know? Connor's among the best Absolutely. in the history of the sport. And his good, his ability to keep his distance and. I just think it's the outside factors. Like, if you're going to think that limit Connor, it's one, maybe he's not as motivated as he used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're hearing stuff between he hasn't been training with Kavanaugh. So yeah. that's more. I think the weight is a big factor, you know, too. Weight being a difference. So he probably doesn't have to put that extra cardio in to make that weight, which he's, you know, cuts a lot. So those are all different factors that can play against Connor as well. So mm-hmm. there's more adding to your devil's advocate rant. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Have I got you convinced? That, that, not that, convinced, but you have me thinking a little bit but more. That, that's all I'm trying to do. That's it. Spartan, I'm not trying to tell people to go and bet on Cowboy no. or that. But I want people to just remember. But I remember. think it's fair, and I think it's right, and I'm happy you did. I think it's good. Yeah, I just want people to remember the Cowboy Cerrone yeah. isn't a wrestling jobber. Like, yeah. this isn't a foregone conclusion. And it's Connor's also your, like we've talked about in the last podcast, you give everybody a chance. And when you hear everyone, you know, Connor, Connor's going to knock him out, then your side came in, and you're like, hey, wait a second. Yeah. At least here's the evidence, the facts, the stats that back up Cowboy. Yeah. And I think you, you know, demonstrated you want, that pretty good. You just want to avoid the echo chamber. And I think that the echo chamber, what it's saying is this is the start of McGregor season. He's going to fight three times. He's going to get the Khabib rematch. Like, all of these things are already in people's minds, a foregone conclusion. Like, this is, this, the script's been written. And I think a lot of that, to Connor's credit, is because he has called this shot in the past, and he's been right, and he's done what he said he's going to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people give that credit, and that's fair. Yeah. I think that that's a totally fair thing. But I, I do think that when we when people are talking to Dana White and, and Dana's saying, well, this is Connor's going to get Khabib if he wins this fight and all this stuff. Um, and he's not even really saying that. He's saying Connor thinks that there's going to be an issue with Ferguson and Khabib and that he's going to step in in April. As the backup or so, something. Yeah. But, but people misinterpret Which, that as he's getting the next he's title the shot. next shot, no. Yeah. I actually personally, I don't want to see Connor fight Khabib. Yeah, I'm, I don't I'm want it. I don't want it. It's not a fun matchup. I think the same result's going to happen. Uh, I I'd think, rather see Gaethje fight. Hundred uh, percent. I rather see. I rather see Gaethje fight Connor. And I know it's coming up on who we want to see fight Masvidal, but yeah. I could spark my interest now and say I like the Connor fight. Me too. I'm with you. I think Connor versus Masvidal makes a lot of sense. The one that I don't want to see for Masvidal. Are we ready to jump to that yeah, point? Yeah, we can segue into that. Right, sure. It seems like it. we've got a natural segue from you, Joe. Yeah. Until you question the segue. And no, now we I'm have to explain why I, it's a natural segue. Because I know you're very <laughs> system and organized, and I don't want to wreck your organization. No, I'm not that organized. I'm, I'm There's no clock guy. here. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you had it in order. You wanted to go with it. No, so. I'm happy to segue right All into right. that. The I work with your birthday. Now I'm on yeah, a roll. I'm on the segue roll today. The one guy I don't want to see fight Jorge Masvidal is Nick Diaz. Like, th- that to me... I'm okay with that. Just because well, it's a clown show and it's funny and it's just ridiculous. I like the ridiculous these days. Yeah, and, and I get that. But I just, for the safety of, Nate, of Nick Diaz, and I, I don't want to... Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to say that Nick Diaz can't win that fight. Who knows? But from what I saw from that interview, I just don't think that that would be a fight that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I... But from you got to think money sense though. Yeah, uh, it makes dollar sense, right? From, from a promotional standpoint, that Which would be a fight that you could make and make is money. About, yeah, right. But I don't think that even Dana White is kind of a realist in those, you know, in that facet. If, if I were to say to him, Nick Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal, how interested are you? I don't think he's all that interested. Yeah, um, especially because we don't we don't know anything about Nick except his last interview where he sounded you know not the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, with Masvidal, more recently, it seems like he's been calling out Usman. Like, it seemed like he felt he was beyond the title shot at one point in time. But now, he's at a spot where he's, I think he's annoyed that Usman is writing him off. Yeah. And I actually think that's a great matchup. Oh, like, it's I crazy. think Usman versus Masvidal, if, you know, if that I'm not thinking sense. about business, if I'm yes. just thinking about what would be a fun fight, that's a good fight. Yeah. But from a business standpoint, and I think Masvidal, has, Masvidal said this to Ariel Hawani on his uh, show, I guess it was earlier this week, that... The Connor fight is what he would take if he yeah. was offered the two. If he was offered a title, title fight or the Connor fight. No. I'm, again, big fan of Masvidal. I like his work. I like his attitude. like his fight. But for me right now, I think he's turned up the volume a little too much. I mean, um, swearing a lot, getting very vulgar, aggressive, F this, F that, F you, F that. It's, it's got to me a little bit. It's Why? a little too much. I don't know. I just think it's you're, you're going a little too hard street, street mentality-wise, you know? I mean... People call you out. That's great. It's part of the game. You don't have to start calling them F this, F that. 
that. Don't say my name. If you say it, I'm going to, you know, see you in the street. He's playing the, the street thug a little too much for his position. I mean, you can well, play confident. Jesus. Yeah, but it's a little too much. Like, if you listen to his aerial interview, like, um, I think he said the F-bomb like every other word. Mm-hmm. It was a little too much for me. And when you get a little bit too much in that mentality, but I liked him where it was before Nate Diaz, where he was confident, he used it, but it's still funny and friendly, and now he's just gone all F everybody, F this, F that, and I just wasn't a fan of his last interview, to be honest. calling out GSP also now, bringing GSP into the mix. I mean, which is cool, too. I personally, and I've heard rumors about it, not from any sources that I can do it, but I heard there's uh, still interest in if Connor wins, maybe GSP. I don't think Connor wants to fight GSP. Like GSP wants to fight Connor. Yeah, but did you hear that rumor? No, I haven't heard no? that. But I mean, I'm I sure. Where I, I, I don't think GSP is turning down the fight with yeah. Connor. What was the rumor? No, I think I heard it from because uh, I haven't really listened to his podcast much. But I think it was Brandon Shaw brought it up that he feels this would be the way, and I think that's what it was. The thing I like about GSP is that, like, he kind of like when you mentioned Connor to him, he kind of he kind of smiles and he's like, I just, he just feels like he knows he would beat him. Like yeah. that is not a fight. But that I would rather see him. that than uh, than GSP and Khabib. Would you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think maybe. so. Yeah, that would be I fun. So. I mean, if you're talking about legacy and talking about, you know, the wrestler of the new versus the wrestler well, I think of the, old I think the zero next to Khabib's record is what is... Makes it interesting. Yeah, what GSP wants. Like, yeah. GSP, I wonder if there was a poll, who would, what would, what do you think would win? If there was a poll between who should GSP fight? I think Khabib. Would be more people would pick Khabib? Yeah. Hmm. I could put out a poll on Twitter if you'd like. After the show's done, oh, I think it's interesting. George St. Pierre face. So you think more people would go Khabib? Yeah, I think so. I just think it's a more intriguing matchup. Yeah, to hmm. people, I think people like the allure of GSP coming back, facing. We don't really know what we're going to get from GSP. Almost like a Fedor guy. when people used to fight Fedor. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, "Ooh, is he going to be the one?" Like sometimes you didn't even care. You just wanted to see if Fedor was going to keep the undefeated streak. Yeah, and then he just started losing and losing and losing, yeah. and so that whole allure was gone. Sadly, yeah. but done. Yeah, but yeah, I I don't know. I I keep the GSP name. I hope he comes back one more. To be honest with you, I'm with you. I'd like to see one more, but I don't think he because needs to. Because I'm a just, I, I like the, I just like Like, GSP. if he never fights again, he's still, I'm like, among content, the best yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Which I kind of hope maybe that's a good but decision, But if he comes too. back and beats Khabib, he is the best ever. But what happens if he right? comes and he loses now? Yeah. Then is he what? still the greatest ever, or is it that's exactly kind of like it's, now? It's a high-risk proposition. That's what I think he likes about it. Yeah. He probably also likes the multiple millions that come with well, it, too, sure. which would be nice, Who too. doesn't? Yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out, but uh, I don't know if we'll see GSP again. Like, if you were to ask me, will GSP ever fight again, and you ask me to put money on it, I don't think he will. Yeah. In fact, GSP, speaking of which, another great segue from you, Joe. Uh, Robin Black, uh, my colleague here at TSN, was just with GSP, and they shot a bunch of video uh, that will air on SportsCenter next week, uh, Fight Breakdowns. Hey. Featuring George St. Pierre on Beautiful. this Connor Cowboy fight, and uh, another one that we have in the future that we're very excited about. So, uh, yeah, thanks to George St. Pierre, the uh, legend himself, for uh, giving TSN some time. Is it more of like, a, is he breaking down technique that Connor will yep. use? Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, it's, it's the same as the, the that usual he Robin. Before. Yeah. yeah, but uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a more uh, special cameo appearance, I guess, in GSP. Yeah, well, I <laughs> mean, fight, I know, know he brought in uh, Simon Marcus for one. Yep. Yeah, still hasn't hit me up. I keep telling one. him to hit you up. Yeah, I keep no, telling no. him. No, now I'm not going to say no now just because of this. <laughs> when they do, no. when they do Izzy versus Romero, I want them to give you a, a call. A kickboxer, yeah. yeah. If it's a good kickboxer, I can see it. Mm-hmm. They need to get a short, stocky wrestler to play the role of Yoel Romero, yeah. and you can play the role of Izzy. There you go. They need to get a guy who's like, in terms of the actual height differential. I'm almost like in between, though. I'm almost yeah. in between. You need to get like a guy who's like five foot three. That's like a big stocky wrestler. Yeah, that makes me look down. taller. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> exactly. I'm into it. You still need to get the exactly the yeah. uh, the scale correct. Yeah, Izzy and Romero. I can't wait for that one. To yeah. be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. I so can't that's, wait to be honest. I'm really excited for that one. And that's another one where I think people are looking ahead of Yoel Romero, and they're like, "Oh, he's going to beat him. He's going to yeah. face Paulo Costa." That, that's I think one of the biggest issues that I have with how the sport is covered and sometimes how the sport is consumed is that people are always building these like narratives, these stories and like how this is how it's going to play out. And it's all these fairy tale. That's, that's good though, it's because it keeps, 
our sport interesting. It keeps it. That's fair. It keeps people like, um, you know, having to be involved. And then I'm, I'm with this guy. I'm with that guy. No, I like this guy better. No. So, like, I've, I've been at places where people are almost physically fighting because they just decided their fighter that they don't even know lost to this other fighter that they do not know. And they were just fighting, arguing over who. Because the fan feels connected to the fighter. And that's what we need, that connection. And once we get that connection. That's the way the sport grows. So let them make up stories. Let them think one thing. Let them debate about it with other people because that just, you know, keeps the ball rolling. We need that. Yeah, Israel versus Yoel is a fun matchup. But just to picture how that one plays out, because I think it would be mostly taking place on the feet. Like Yoel yeah. Romero, everybody talks about his Olympic wrestling credentials, but he likes to keep it on the feet. And he's yeah. got massive power. He's explosive, close distance yeah. fast. Izzy's going to try to stay long at the end of the reach, but... That explosiveness. And you come in and you get hit one shot from a guy who doesn't care to step in and going to throw everything. But remember, That's dangerous. Gastelum versus Gastelum gave Israel the toughest fight of his career. Yeah. Um, and, and he, you know, Israel admits that. But what does Gastelum do better than Yoel Romero, right? Like, Yoel yeah. Romero is bigger. I mean, I know he's getting older, so the skills, like, the sharpness probably won't be there. Um, you know, he won't be as sharp as he was in the past, most likely just as a result of just your reflexes at that age. Mm -hmm. But Yoel's not, Yoel has been knocked out, I think, once in strike force by a guy who was, you know, let's just say, not being tested by USADA. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a, after that, like, Yoel Romero doesn't get knocked out. So if you're going to stick with Yoel Romero for five rounds, like, that's yeah. not going to be an easy fight for Izzy. Yeah. And I think he knows that. And he knows that his legacy will only get bigger when he calls out Yoel Romero. And really, now is the time to call out Yo Yoel Romero because he's still scary, but yeah. he's older, right? Yeah. And this is probably Yoel Romero's last chance at a championship. And if he doesn't win it, he'll be one of the best guys in UFC history to never to capture never a championship. Yeah. I'm actually, like, when I think of potential match matchups for Izzy, I actually like the Darren Till. Mm -hmm. I know that there's been talk about it, and I know, but I actually really like the Darren Till matchup. Yeah, that would be a good puzzle, I think, for yeah. Darren to solve and for Both Israel very, solve. like, technical, both good with distance, you know, both very good, you know, snappy strikers, good precision. I think that's a fun fight on the feet that if, if that ever happens. Well, Israel is getting into the middleweight division at the perfect time. Because all of the guys that used to be submission, grappling, they all, all gone. went to 205. Oh, they're they're all gone. gone. Like Jacare, I think Jacare is coming back to 185, but he's like on his last no. legs. Yeah. Yoel's getting old. Weidman uh, Weidman's left. moved up, and he might move back, but even still, like Weidman's not the same Weidman. Uh, and then you look at Luke Rockhold; he may never fight again. So yeah. that whole kind of murderer's row at middleweight is gone. Yeah, it's a striker's delight outside yeah. of Romero. And you got Cannonier, who's not really a wrestler. That's you got Whitaker, scary who's not a wrestler. Fight. And it's Cannonier versus Whitaker, right? Yep. That's that's good for and that me. might determine the next. Uh, I think Candonier beats him, man. I really, really, really like Candonier's mm -hmm. awkward, wild, wiry. Like, I like Candonier. I think I, I like Whitaker in that. But we'll that see one? how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder what. I think like a lot of people would underestimate, and I think a lot that would be my underdog pick, Candonier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, if he even is an underdog. I think yeah. Cannonier has a lot of momentum right now, and then people think back to Whitaker's last fight where he lost so, like, decidedly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think but that he loses a lot of momentum. multiple-time champion, holding the belt sure. for so long. We'll see. But, yeah, that's that Cannonier. I'm, I'm really big on him. And I think Israel even talked highly about him, too. I think yeah, in Israel one says interview, he thinks like, he's the dark horse of the division. The dark horse of the division, exactly. So I want to pull up the odds because we have uh, you and I, we finished out our year. You won last year. Uh, you were coming back near 20, the end a little bit. Not really. No, no I, it was, I you, you pulled away at the end. Bit. You pulled away at the end. So you won 2019, I won 2018, and this is like our best this two of three year, in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge year. And then eventually it'll be three out of five, and then hopefully yeah. we just continue doing this until the end of time. I, I think we have to put like a nice meal at the end. Oh, you, like wanna, a nice you, wanna, lunch. you want some steaks? Like a nice lunch or something. We've right. always talked about oh, going When ahead. I said steaks, by the way, I meant S-T-A-K-E-S, not S-T-E-A-K-S. Okay. -E oh, I'm down for both. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think a, a nice dinner at the end or a nice lunch How before. about some Lamanas? We'll do Lamanas. Done. Okay. We'll, we'll set up a nice lunch or something. Okay, yeah. That's I had, fair. I had Lamanas lasagna recently. It's, yeah, it's like unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You got a big tray or just a little piece? Well, there's no such thing as a little piece there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I went to a, a, a rival Italian bakery recently and got their lasagna. When the, I used to think their lasagna was better than Lamanda's. No, not even close. Not Lamanda's even close. are better. All right. Yeah, it's good, good to know. Yeah, so Lamanda's for lunch. That's your your it's, cousin's it's run the, it? Yeah, my cousin. It's like my uh, cousin's through my father. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, run, they run one heck of a joint. I know, they're, they're and their social media is doing amazing, too. They've, oh, they they hired cool in. Oh, yeah. They had one yesterday that had French fries of pepperoni and French yeah. fry pizza. There's they had one with meatballs. Meatballs. meatballs I've yeah. seen, like, dessert ones. I've, they do it all. Yeah. Just being creative. I, I like it. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Pizza is a blank. It's a blank canvas. You can put Let's whatever it. you want yeah. on it. That's it. Uh, within like within that. reason. What are some things that sully pizza, in your opinion? Like, what should not be a topping for pizza? I don't is, like anchovies. Is... Okay. Um, I don't like onions. Okay. I, well, I don't like onions, period. But if they're on, like, a supreme or veggie, I'll eat it. But it's not my favorite. Um... I know people will get mad, but I don't mind pineapple. People, yeah. are, I know the Italian each, community is furious now. They've disowned you. They're just like, oh, you don't put fruit on pizza. It's, it's, I love the Hawaiian. Well, they put slice, tomatoes though. on tomato sauce on pizza. Yeah, to, there you go. Is tomato tomatoes a fruit. vegetable suddenly? Yeah, there no, you go. It's not. Let them know. Let, let all your let all your friends know that when they me might has to have pepperoni. I feel like every classic slice needs pepperoni. It needs some mushrooms. I'm into mushrooms lately. And I'll, sometimes I'll add bacon or if I'm getting a little crazy, a little bit of green pepper sometimes. I like just the plain cheese slice. I don't know what it is. That's my least favorite. Really? It's got to have at least pepperoni. A plain slice for me is just a pepperoni slice. Okay. That's fair. That's like your base. That's my base. <laughs> got to have, have some pepperoni. <laughs> cheese to me is like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. That's Throw some like. toppings on there. I like there. a bunch of, a bunch of ty- types of cheese, too. You put some, like, Asiago like on cheese. that. Like a cheese. And my favorite. You need something. My favorite that they uh, they have um, at La Manis is the uh, smoked provolone. Okay, yes. Oh, that's that's a topping right there. Really, though? Just, no, you need some meat I like olives, black there. olives and stuff like that. The problem is a lot of the toppings that my wife and kids like, I don't like and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like spicy meats. I like Yeah, but olives. you get half a slice, no? Yeah, yeah, we can do half. Half and half, half these days? Yeah. All right, so we got a lunch on the line for that's this year. I like it. And We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make a pick. Yeah, why not? After this interview, we're going to make a pick for uh, UFC 246. But uh, before we do that, we're going to go to our first guest of the uh, day and our only guest of the day, and that is O'Day. O'Day Osborne, who's making his UFC debut facing Brian Keller. He uh, was on the Dana White Contender Series this uh, summer, had a great armbar victory, and it's his birthday. So happy birthday to O'Day hey, Osborne, and he birthday. joined us on his birthday, which is very, very kind of him. So uh, he joins us now on the TSN MMA Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to introduce this week's guest. I'm joined now by an up-and-coming star in the UFC. His name is O'Day Osborne, the Jamaican sensation. If you haven't watched his fight on the Dana White Contender Series back in July, I recommend you give it a watch to get yourself primed for his uh, bout with Brian Kelleher coming up this weekend at UFC 246. So, uh, O'Day, how have you prepared for this particular matchup differently than the one you had in the summer? Um... Not much different. I wouldn't say I prepare different. I would just say my environment becomes more uh, relaxed. Um, it's like, you know, putting on a new pair of shoes because I, I just changed to a new gym. So when you put on new shoes, at first it fits, you know, a little tight. Then eventually you got to wear it, wear it, wear it, wear it, wear it. So then it becomes snug. So now I'm at that point where it's snug. And it's almost like it's it's weird because I'm so used to being, like, exhausted and, tired and feeling like I've been like working so hard. I don't feel like that right now. I don't feel like I've been like, you know, exhausted. I just feel good. And it's weird because my body is getting so comfortable. It's like scary. It's scary. Like I'll do rounds. I'm just like, man, like I feel like I didn't even do anything. You were at uh, Pura Vida. Are you still there or are you at a different yep. gym now? No, I'm, I'm at Pura Vida. Yep. I've been here for a year and a half now. So I'm at I'm at that comfortability now. I think when I was at, when I went to camp, uh, when I was at the uh, contender series, I still still was trying to fit that pair, you know, fit that shoe in. So I was I was comfortable. I wasn't where I'm at right now, where I'm just like okay, <sighs> like that that relaxation breath, and I just feel at home now. And I finally have um, a place I can call my my own and that can let me be myself. So I would say in preparation, nothing changes, but it's more so the environment and the scenery uh, changed. Yeah, it seems like from reading some of your past interviews that going to this gym really allowed you to just be your best self, to to do uh, to kind of go with the flow more than have a more regimented game plan, and that's worked better for you. It does. It really does because I'm a reactionary fighter. Um, I I try to pressure you and I react off of your mistakes or what you do. So the best way for me to do that is to not think. When I'm thinking about things, I'm actually fighting against my body. I'm fighting against uh, its natural state. So that's why I meditate, is to get into that complexity of, of my brain 
to shut everything off and just rely on my reactions and my skill set. I think when you train in the gym, you're not really supposed to think anyways when you're sparring. Thinking is for pads. If you're doing pads or if you're hitting the bag, that's when you're supposed to think. You're supposed to think when you're drilling. When you're drilling stuff, you, you rep it, you rep it, you rep it, you rep it until it becomes into your uh, your your ingrained into your muscle memory. Now, once you're fighting, you shouldn't be able to think about that. It should become just a reaction now. Now, you teach math, so a lot of MMA is high-level problem-solving. And one thing that I noticed that you do with your opponents is you try to kind of overwhelm their CPU early on. You throw a lot at them, and then based on how they respond to that particular thing, like you had mentioned just now, um, that's how you figure out what your game plan is going to be from there. Is that accurate? Yep, that is completely accurate. That's completely accurate. And people are, you know, I've had people say like, oh, man, you know, I've had I've heard their coach like, you know, what is the storm or what is the storm? There's no, there's not a storm that they're weather. You know, it's not like once it's gonna be once it's done, it's done. There's no, there's no weathering the storm. It's if I throw a lot at you and you don't do anything, I'm just gonna keep throwing at you. <laughs> That's how it is. It's like uh, 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 you said that CPU, just keep throwing and what they do, I react. If they don't do anything, I just keep going. Now, one thing I admire about you is you've said that you want to use this platform of being in the UFC. And I mean, there's no bigger platform than this next event where Conor McGregor's uh, in the headlining spot um, to, I guess, really make a difference outside of the cage, not just inside of the cage. What are some plans that you have in order to do that and to use this platform uh, for good? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I've thought about that, and I don't really know yet. I don't really know, uh, per se, what my big plans are. I've had a bunch of different ideas, a bunch of different plans. But um, once again, I'm, I'm a strong believer in God. I think he'll lead me in the right direction. Um, I know what I want to do. I want to inspire as many people as I possibly can on a larger scale. Um, I think I don't fight because because of money. I fight because I, I want to inspire people and I want to be able to have that platform to not just you know, let me let me take let me take that back. Yeah, I fight for I do fight for money because I need a lot of it in order to change a lot of lives. I need to be, you know, a millionaire in order to change a lot of lives. Let's not get that let's let's get that straight right now. But I the reason I fight for for money is different than you know, the reason why other people fight for money. I mean, let's let's I still like, you know, fancy stuff and I still want things, but it's not the reason I'm fighting. So what uh what kind of fancy things do you like? <laughs> what are some things that you're gonna sacrifice in order to to use the money towards good? I mean, I wouldn't say I don't like expensive stuff. I just like to I like to look good when I you know what I mean? I like to uh when I go out I like to look presentable. I like to you know, wear wear nice nice shoes, nice shirt, nice pants. You know, it's not expensive or out of my means, but I like I like be, I like feeling good and, and you know what I'm saying looking good, but um, when it comes to if I had to w- just wear raggedy clothes and that's fine you know it wouldn't be the uh, sacrificing things earthly things is nothing to me. Um, I look I always look beyond that and I think a lot of that is is a is a big problem in our society is that people don't look beyond the earthly things they're so stuck in when I say earthly I mean like the the everyday stuff that we. We, we deal with that's like first world. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's 100% true. And uh, it is good to, to focus on, I guess, the bigger picture. And it's good that you've already got that mentality um, so early in your UFC career. Uh, you're also a teacher, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And um, has your relationship with the, uh, the kids that you're teaching changed now that they know that you're going to be on this big card in, uh, in just a week's time? No, man. I work... Um, I, I love the kids I work with, man. I work in the inner city and... My kids have always had um, a close relationship with me. We've always bonded. We talk about stuff. I try to be a person that they can come to and just and just tell things to you know things that are going on. And we kind of we've always had that the same bond and the same relationship. So nothing really changes with them. You know what I'm saying? So you can always tell. It's funny they can always tell when the new people when there's new students that transfer to the school. They're like, oh man, here's here's the newbie because he's like, oh man, you in the UFC or oh man, you're a fighter, and he gets all hyped. And then my older kids are like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, no, nah, man, nothing really changes. They're so used to it, you know. The relationship with them has still been the same. How does it inspire them, seeing that you were able to reach this goal? I think for them, I don't really think me fighting really inspires them, to be honest with you. I think 
what inspires them is how much dedication I put into their lives, how much I care for them and how much I do. Um, it's my birthday today. And for instance, I went out and I bought them like bags of candy and, you know, I bought them, you know, food. I'll, I'll bring in treats for them. I'll, you know, me and them will dance. Like it's just, we just do silly things together. So I think what really inspires them, they love, they love the fact that uh, somebody just like them who came from Jamaica, you know, from nothing running around barefoot, made it into the UFC and accomplished their dream. So in that way, that inspires them that they can do the same. And I always tell them that you can do anything you want to do. Don't let anybody set limitations for your means. And I think that is inspiring to them. But me being a fighter doesn't really inspire them. I think, like I said, uh, it's more so me being a, a, a male role model to them. You know what's funny? I was just looking at an article that was published about you yesterday that says you were 27, and I'm looking at your topology page, and it says you're 28, and I go, well, one of these has to be wrong. Today is your birthday, so happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, today is my birthday. (laughs) You were born on January 9th, 1992, and I was born on January 8th, 1982, so, you know. Oh, well, happy birthday. Yeah, that was me. was yesterday as well. Yeah, my birthday was yesterday. Yours is today, so, yeah, happy birthday. What's it it like to be 28? 28 is like you're getting into the the, the late 20s. 27, I don't really consider late 20s. But twenty eight, I don't know. I had my first kid at yeah, twenty eight. I'm just saying. I they say they say you know uh, thirty is when your brain really starts to open up. But my I think my brain is is starting to. Um, I try not to be. Um, you know, over. I try not to. I try not to overthink things. I try to. Tr- I'm trying to live in the moment. But I think right now, what's happening right now as I'm as I'm getting older is. Is I'm I'm really start my brain is just starting to just expand on on a, a level that's just unexplainable to people to humans. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm like on a different like wavelength because I, I I'll get so deep that people could get you know people be lost in what I'm talking about. It's like what are you talking about? I'm like yeah um, I I can't explain it to you. Well I'll tell you this in ten years I'm 38. You'll be in a room and you'll be like what am I doing in here? You'll, you'll just forget why you were, you know, what you were doing. So take advantage of it while you have it. Is oh, what I'm man. saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to for sure, man. <laughs> so uh, Brian Kelleher, what do you know about him? Uh, he's a, a veteran of the sport. Um, I don't know anything has... about him, to be honest. All right, continue. Um, yeah, I really don't know anything. I don't know much. I know that he fought my teammate. I know that he he'll move forward, and he's a martial artist. <laughs> he's he's in the UFC, and he's 135, and he's bald. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's that's how I approach all my fights, man. I don't really, like I said, I try not to get too attached to um, earthly things. And I'll point this out again: that is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a society's trap. It's like looking in the mirror and seeing yourself, but when you look in the mirror, you, you don't see yourself. You just see a bunch of clouds. You mentioned your teammate uh, Montel Jackson. He's actually going to fight one week after you. Um, how's that been, I guess, having training camps that have aligned like that? Oh, man, it's great, man. It's, it's awesome training with him. Me and him, we just we just beat each other up for fun. And we <laughs> talk shit to each other, too. When we beat each other up, we're just talking shit. It's, it's, it's awesome going with Montel because, you know, he, him and me, we're, we're, we, we both have different strengths, different weaknesses, so it's, it's great. We both have really long reach, so it's, it's crazy because he's not used to having somebody that, you know, in his weight class, with that long of a reach, and I'm not used to having somebody with that long of a reach. So I think he has the longest, the la- largest reach in the UFC in his weight class, and I had the third largest, third longest. Well, yeah, seventy-five and a half inch reach for uh, for Montel. Yeah, he he's a uh, fantastic up and coming prospect. So it must be great to have somebody in your weight class that can be kind of a measuring stick for where you're at on a day to day basis. Yeah, man, we just we, we 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 go at it. We're both competitive too. We just, like I said, we just beat each other up for fun and we talk shit. I was looking at this particular card, and uh, the thing that stands out to me about the bottom part of the card, everything prior to the, the main card, is just how much young talent there is on this, especially from the Dana White Contender Series. Uh, from the Contender Series, you've got yourself. You've got uh, Alexa Kamier making his debut. You've got uh, Grant Dawson. You've got um, Nazrat Hakprash. You've got Sadiq Youssef. You've got Macy Barber. It seems like it's, you know, the UFC has really designed this to be a showcase for a lot of the up-and-coming talent in the UFC. Yeah, and people have said that, you know, oh, this card isn't great, blah, blah. I think what's happening is not that this card is great. See, once again, people are thinking so uh, linear. It's not that this card isn't great. This is an amazing card. It's just that these people are, are 
are not as as well known. And the UFC is smart. What they're doing is they know who the the big fighters are who are, who are going to be the next Conor McGregor or you know what I mean. And they 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 have already set their roadmap out. If they I, I they already said that's why I'm on this card. They already know that I'm gonna be up there. Uh, and you know, five years from now, people are gonna be like, oh man, remember that one time when Conor McGregor fought on the O'Day Osborne card? <laughs> Yeah, well, so, that's, uh, that, I agree with you. I think that's they know that in terms of the prelims, they're going to be televised, um, and they're going to be a big number because it's attached to this Conor McGregor card. And like you said, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on these young prospects that I had just mentioned. Yeah, because you know Conor McGregor is, is he's not going to fight forever. You know what I mean? Everyone's going to retire soon, and he, there has to be a name to replace that name. And, that, and I think they've already scouted those names. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, and nothing annoys me more than people saying this isn't a good card. Don't watch it. I mean, every UFC exactly. card has the best talent in the world. If you know, if you go to Tapology.com and you look at how many events are in a given weekend and how many people are competing in this sport all over the world and how many yeah. of them are vying to be in the UFC, like this is the highest level of competition in a particular sport in the world. It, it is. It is. It really is. It's, it, the level is insane. And it still hasn't hit me yet that I'm in I'm in the UFC, and that's because I think it's because for me now that you said that it's the highest level of competition for me it's just like, you know, I'm I'm supposed to be here. I've always told myself I was gonna be here, so I think that's why I'm just I'm keeping myself grounded because I know that I'm I'm meant for for more. Um, when I say more, I mean I'm meant to be the best. I am. I'm meant to be the best fighter in my weight class. We were talking a little bit beforehand about, uh, before the interview started, about how on fight night you used to get very distracted. You'd have a lot of thoughts and you try to keep it light on fight night. What do you do to keep it light uh, when you're at an event and, you know, before you go through those curtains and uh, so that you don't have, you know, start second guessing yourself, start having all kinds of different thoughts that are counterproductive? Oh, now I just have fun, man. I really, I try to just have as much fun as possible, to be honest. I just be myself and have fun. Um, I think a lot of people try to get, like, in a serious mentality and stuff like that. I just kind of just have fun, man. I really just think of life as being present and being in the moment and try to live outside of my head. So, for example, let's say you've got something that's creeping into your mind backstage. What what do you do to, to kind of counter that? What what kind of stuff do you do for fun backstage? Me and my coach, well, we, you know, we have an awesome relationship. We just joke about stupid stuff, man. We joke about all kinds of crazy, stupid. Like we're constantly just just messing around. So I think, you know, there's not really a moment where it's. I mean, if there is a moment where I'm by myself and stuff is stupid in my mind, I just kind of face it out. Um, I think I've developed my my mental state so much that I can just face things out. Um, because all that comes is practice. You know what I mean? You have to practice that. Um. It's not that when stuff creeps into my mind, I'm just like, oh, man, in my mind, oh, I don't know what to do, I'm done for. <laughs> no, I just phase it out. I just phase it out. Are you going to check out the uh, UFC PI while you're in Las Vegas? I know a lot of the different fighters have uh, really enjoyed using those facilities. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't thought about it yet. I really, I try to stay away from all the hype and stuff like that, man. Like I said, I try to, I just, I, honestly, like, for me, I don't know. I, I feel like, for me, I'm just, Way far beyond that shit. Like I don't even, I don't, I, I don't even, I don't care about the hype of it. I, I just, I want to be checking other stuff out. You know, having like, I, I, I don't really know. I don't know. It depends. I really, I'm not really thinking about it right now. All right. Well, keep focused on Brian Kelleher. We look forward to seeing you uh, continue to put Jamaica on the map in MMA and uh, your uh, UFC debut this uh, this Saturday at UFC 246. Thanks so much for this. Thank. You. No problem. That was Ode Osborne on the TSN MMA show. Nice up-and-coming prospect, and there's a lot of them on this card, as I mentioned to him in the interview. And uh, he thinks that's by design. I think it's by design as well. It's just he says that they're looking at a lot of these young, talented guys and and females, of course, and uh, 
trying to really showcase them for what they know is going to be a big viewing audience. I think yeah. that that's a smart thing to do. And it's good to see, especially those who come from the, the Dana White Contender Series, to kind of do their thing, get in, and then kind of go into the UFC and do well. Because even with my guys, like I'm always scared to want to put them in that Dana White show. Like I have a few up-and-comers, and I'm like, I think I want to keep them away from it. Because it's almost like you go, you can still win but not perform and still not get a contract. And then it's like, oh, you've had your chance, and I feel like you kind of get overlooked sometimes where well, it's harder to kind of make a return they brought people sometime. back they bring people like if you have a good win and they just it didn't get you a contract they, they'll bring you back for the next season yeah but still you're waiting another year yeah, where I think it's, it's an easier way to go like oh they need someone last minute jump in in your hometown like a Jordan did mm-hmm. or something like that might be an easier way in than it is to kind of go through the show mm-hmm. yeah very fair yeah all right so uh, you know who my pick is because we discussed it to start off the show, and I think it's Cowboy Cerrone. I think that if you just look at the odds at plus 250, uh, that you're just getting a good line. And it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to win the fight, but I think that he's got a lot of paths to victory. And uh, I think that, again, people are swept up in Conor Mania, and that that's, I just think that there's a lot of value there. I, I, again, I'm not predicting that Cerrone wins the fight. If you're going to ask me for a prediction straight up, I think that McGregor has probably more, um, it, you know, has a strong reason to be favored but not by this much so i'm gonna go with with cowboy cerrone yeah no yeah you're you're picking it it's yours i'm going with it yeah you're i'm owning it, it. You, you better now we, we talked about it for so long you gotta own up to it yeah um i actually i'm gonna go with uh pettis straight up i think anthony pettis um just the skills and i know he's not in this title hunting he's more into big fun fights but uh uh yeah i think he's gonna take it uh um, how, how do you say his, his opponent's name? Ferreira? No. Yeah. Figueira, isn't it? Diego Fejeja. Fejeja. Yeah. I don't have my Brazilian But you've gotta, you do have to understand that Fejeja is coached by the great Saif Saud, who uh, had a fantastic winning percentage the last two years. So, mm-hmm. you know, That's betting right. against that guy is not a safe bet. I like Duke Rufus. Not a safe bet not against Saif Saud. Safe Saud. I actually like uh, Duke Rufus, so that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I always fair. tend to like the, the, the Pettis boys. Absolutely. Well... So Pettis, what was the line on that one for you? Uh, I think he was, uh, was like plus, plus 220? 220, I believe. And I've Let got me double check. at plus 250. Yeah, plus 220. I like, uh, I'm excited to see, again, a friend of mine, Maurice Green. Yeah, the crochet he, boss. Yeah, I can't believe he's moved his way up. He's slowly creeping. I like that guy a lot. He's a fun guy. Yeah, I've called uh, maybe all of his kickboxing fights in glory. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of his first early fights, he fought uh, Anderson Braddock Silva, yeah. killer sniper, just mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And he did well. And then they threw him in against a killer Romanian, Catlin uh, Ka- Morisanu. Mm-hmm. He lost that one, but he was doing well at first. So he's a guy that like brought some fun fights in glory before yeah. he went to the UFC. He also has a, an underrated submission game. Now, I don't think it's going to come to play against Alexei Olenek, no, who might be one but, of the best submission guys at heavyweight. But but yeah. Green's a favorite, yeah. so for him to, to use his strike and use his length, you know, pretty good. Even uh, Holly Holmes, is, uh, a minus 135, I thought she would have been a little bit higher. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that she should be higher for sure. Uh, we've seen this fight before. Holm won the fight, and I think that Holm right now... You know, it's probably in a better you know place than Pennington, and of course, coming off that bad loss to Amanda Nunes kind of devalues her. But I think that uh, yeah, that that line should probably be a little bit steeper. Yeah. And uh, he's the fight that mostly going to con- be contested on the feet, and Holly Holm doesn't lose fights like that for the most part. She did against Nunes, yeah. but Nunes is Nunes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, about the best ever. And you talked about one. Uh, if you had um, some money to make some, Macy Barber. Well, I just think that that line, the, the line of Motaferi by submission is at plus twenty four hundred is worth at least a flyer. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't think Barbara's going to win that fight, but yeah, I mean, minus one thousand—that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's big. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big line. I think you'd have to be nuts to lay that kind of a line, even though I, I'm sure most people believe she's going to win that fight. But that's—I mean, you're, you're going to yeah. sweat that one out if you lay that line. Yeah, yeah, that's where you put a couple <laughs> bucks on. Uh... On Matafari there. Yeah, just hope for, you know, hope that she comes through. She's she's not an easy out, that's mm-hmm. for sure. The other one I was looking at, too, I don't mind, is uh, he's a friend of mine, too, Andre Feely. Yes, so, but Sadiq Yusuf is a really good But prospect. he's coming off a loss no, to... No, uh, hasn't lost. No? No, I think... I don't think he's lost. I thought he just lost yeah, to his last fight. Big. No, I don't think so. No? I don't think Sadiq, Sadiq, Sadiq Yusuf has lost. I think maybe he lost one fight early in his career, but he definitely hasn't lost in the UFC. Um, I like Alexa Kamira as a minus-120 favorite against... Ledette, I think that's one that also makes a lot of sense. 
any ones I should watch out for that maybe we don't know as and not as popular? Yeah, let me let me pull up. There's a lot because there's a lot of really good prospects. Uh, Askar Oskarov is a, a really high-level uh, flyweight. He's actually deaf. He's one of the, the uh, I guess, probably the hmm. second deaf fighter in the UFC behind Matt Hamill. Matt Hamill yeah. um, he's really good. Uh, Sabina Mazzo is a very good prospect uh, in terms of uh, female fighters. Uh, Grant Dawson, who's going to be on uh, our show next week, is uh, a really big up-and-comer. But Chaz Skelly's who's also on our show next week, is, you know, he's not really a pushover. Uh, Nazrat Hakparast is uh, considered one of the big up-and-comers also yeah, from Tri-Star Afghanistan. Tristar too, right? He trains uh, yep. with, with Tristar. Yep. So uh, he's, he's somebody to watch as well. So there's a lot of uh, really good young talent on this card. And even Alexa Grasso, I, I think she's still pr- probably pretty young. And she's, uh, she's a lot of fun to watch too against Gedalia. That's going to be an interesting one. So uh, a lot of names uh, that, that are... You know, young up-and-coming fighters. Alexa Kamer, who I mentioned, uh, trains with Stipe Miocic, and I think he's a really big up-and-comer as well. Stipe thinks a lot of this kid, so hey. we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, you're right. Sadiq Youssef has never lost. I'm confusing him with someone. He's totally undefeated, right? Uh, his, his overall record is 10-1-0. Oh, so he's lost, like, some sometime but outside of the UFC. But, yeah, yeah, I think his UFC is 3-0, at least. Yeah, 3-0 in the UFC. Yeah. I don't know. I must have been confusing him with somebody. All right, well, there you go. So uh, we'll wrap this one up. We'll be back next week. It's going to be myself and Joe breaking down the card, and uh, we're also going to be joined by uh, Grant Dawson and Chaz Kelly, who will be facing one another. They won't be joining us together, but they will be joining us on the show. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week for a preview of UFC 246. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.